0: Thank you. First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City, and welcome to our virtual Sunday worship service. I commend you for taking some time to reconnect with God on this uh, day of the Lord, this Sunday. And I pray that you are blessed by doing it. Uh I pray that you and your family are doing well also. My family is uh is doing all right and I'm blessed by that. And uh, I thank God that we are able to uh shelter in our home and still receive groceries and water and all the things that we need and I am it is a blessing to be able to continue to be church even in this uh, worship setting. It, it, several years ago, if we had been, if this had happened five, ten years ago, things would not be uh, as simple as recording a sermon and posting it in various places. And so, uh, I'm counting my blessings that we are able to connect over Zoom for Hospitality Hour at noon on Sundays, and able to do Bible study and and uh, various other things. And that we are able to worship together in this, in this way. I recognize that it is not ideal, and I acknowledge that this is not the way uh, I would like to be worshiping, but it is a blessing to be able to connect nonetheless in this unique way. Uh, uh, today I'm, I'm thinking particularly about teachers and students as they return to their classrooms uh, this month. Um, here in Salt Lake, they're not going back to the classrooms at least until October, but I know many of the other districts around us are returning, and there are teachers that are going to be interacting with a lot of people every day, and there are students who are going to be interacting with a lot of people every day. And I just pray that uh, all precautions will be taken, and I just pray that everyone will be kept safe. In the meantime, uh, I will be holding teachers and students in prayer, and I invite you all to do the same, particularly all of those teachers and students uh, within our own community. Why don't we begin with prayer this morning? Our loving and gracious God, we thank you again for this opportunity we have to reconnect with you, to just pause in the busyness of our of our days to take some time out to be in your presence to uh, hear your word and hear what you might have to say to the church and uh, to just reacquaint ourselves with the presence of your Holy Spirit that constant companion that goes with us through every circumstance whether good or bad we thank you for that and we thank you for the blessing of worship And this community, we ask all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So turn with me, if you will, to our text for today, which comes to us from Matthew 15, beginning in verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. The story today is a rare instance where Jesus is confronted by his own inborn prejudice. Unlike so many stories in the Gospels, in this story it is Jesus' culture that is dominant Throughout most of the gospel, the Jewish people are the ones who are being oppressed by the Romans and by the Jewish aristocracy that is corrupt. Yet in this story, they are portrayed as the dominant position. They are God's chosen people, after all. The salvation that Jesus brings belongs to God's people, as Jesus reminded his disciples. However, this attitude is changed by one persistent woman who refuse to be subjugated or ignored. In this text, Jesus and his disciples go to Tyre and Sidon in the Canaanite territory. And he is approached by a screaming Canaanite woman who has a demon-possessed daughter. And she comes and persistently pursues them, calling out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus' response to her, all of her screaming, he completely ignores her. He doesn't say a word. The disciples want to get rid of her, and so he finally says that he can't help. Sorry, I was sent to God's people, not to you. She pleads with him again. And this time he calls her a dog. This was a common pejorative for Gentiles in Jesus' day. And this is a very different Jesus that's being revealed to us. A Jesus who uses racial slurs and tries to dismiss a woman seeking mercy. This isn't the Jesus I pray to. But this passage is revealing the reality of prejudice in Jesus' day. Canaanites were viewed as foreigners and met with suspicion and mistrust. And there were all kinds of myths that were used to justify this bias. Canaanites were accused of sacrificing children and other bizarre behavior. And this is not the first time God's people were confronted with prejudice. The story of Jonah and the big fish is is about Jesus, uh, sorry, is about Jonah running away from God. But Jonah's not running away because he feared going to the Ninevites, and he's not running away because he feared God. He runs away because he does not want God to show mercy to the Ninevites, because they are the enemy of the Jewish people, and Jonah hates the whole race. Jesus here in Matthew holds a mirror to his community by giving voice to their prejudices. However, the woman is relentless in her pursuit, and Jesus is persuaded by her well-reasoned argument. He is not only persuaded, but he's, he's kind of impressed. If you look at what Jesus says in your Bible, there is an exclamation point following the phrase, Woman, great is your faith. In the Greek, it's almost like Jesus is shouting, Wow, you have got yourself some serious faith, woman. He grants her mercy and gives her everything she seeks. This is a difficult passage to preach on. Uh, This isn't the warm, fuzzy Jesus we've come to know. Yet it is designed to confront the inborn prejudice that all of us have. In Matthew's community, there were a few Gentiles, but it was mainly Jewish and Jewish ideas and culture that were seen as normative. As the early church began to integrate with Gentile followers of Jesus, a great debate emerged. Do Gentiles need to become Jewish to be followers of Jesus? Paul writes about this conflict in in very passionate terms in, in the book of Galatians. There were many who felt that indeed, Gentiles must follow the Jewish customs, the kosher eating laws, and circumcision to be legitimate followers of Christ. Not the least of which was Jesus' brother, James of Jerusalem. But Paul, almost completely alone in this, thought otherwise. Our passage today was written long after that confrontation that Paul writes about, but it reflects the struggle the early communities had in dealing with the merging of these diverse worlds. Matthew includes this story of the persistent Canaanite woman to offer his community insight into what we do when we are confronted with our own prejudice. Jesus didn't dismiss her. Jesus didn't call the cops on her. Jesus didn't take what she was doing and accuse her of being unpatriotic. Jesus didn't accuse her of being a terrorist group that was threatening to undo the fabric of Jewish life. No, Jesus listened to her and searched his own heart and discovered that he was indeed behaving in a way that was inconsistent with what he had been teaching. Here, he had been confronting the Pharisees for their lack of compassion and mercy. And here was this woman seeking the same from Jesus. And what is remarkable here is that Jesus, in response, acknowledges the woman's righteousness and then alters the entire direction of his ministry. Before this, Jesus was completely focused on On In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is completely focused on the Jewish people. After this, it takes on a whole different flavor. And he is thinking more expansively. His mind and his scope is broadened. And it was because of this foreign woman who persistently made her case. We worship a God who listens and responds. One cannot help but see parallels in this story to the state of race relations in our country today, particularly in the wake of the events over the last several weeks. There is a power dynamic in our world today. There are those who are in control, and there are those who are at the mercy of those in control. And in in spite of all the perceived progress that we've made, white male straight culture still dominates our world. We are seeing the pushback as black people like this Canaanite woman plead for us to understand what life is like for them and for all people of color in this country. We are in, we who are in dominant culture are being shown our very own privilege. This passage today shows us the Christian approach to being confronted with our own bias and our own prejudices. Jesus, in this passage, representing the power position, is confronted with the inequity and the injustice of the system they are a part of. As the Canaanite woman reveals the reality of the injustice of her situation, he listens. Jesus hears her out and is persuaded by the veracity of her argument. And he then responds. He changes the power structure and he puts her on an equal standing with herself and everyone else. If anyone is wondering how Christians are to respond to the issues around race that are being raised today, this is the example that we are given to follow. I pray that we do. And I pray that all believers of goodwill will heed this story and follow Jesus' example and open their mind up and their ears to hear the voices that have gone unheard for too long. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving God, we hear this very challenging text from a a somewhat different Jesus, and yet we recognize in this a... Transformation that Jesus goes through that is an example for us to follow. May we who claim you as our Lord and our Savior indeed follow that example. And may we live into the kingdom of God where foreigners and people who are are the normative where dominant culture and other cultures blend together and are treated equal where people of color are all uh, get the same privileges that dominant culture gets where women and men are equalized where uh economic status uh doesn't automatically buy you uh a better life Lord we just pray That your Holy Spirit will be at work in the hearts of people today to make this world a better place. To make it more like the kingdom of God that you proclaimed, that you lived for, and you died for, and you rose again on the third day that we might experience, even now, that same kingdom of God. We thank you for that. We ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you and God bless.